It's January 28th, 1958, and another remarkable event is about to be uncovered by Aria, Rebecca, and Ali, the Retrospectors. Before making video games, Nintendo actually began as a playing card company, while board game maker Milton Bradley was a lithographer specializing in portraits of an unbearded Abraham Lincoln. Meanwhile, the Danish toy company Lego originally made wooden toys until a radical shift to plastic that reached a culmination of sorts on this day in 1958, when it patented the now-famous eight-stud Lego brick. Although, I should say right up top that the official pronunciation, which I'm not expecting us to stick to, but it needs to be said, is Lego. <laughs> mm. Lego. It is Lego, even though no one does. It reminds me, I did a voiceover once for Skoda, and apparently that's Skoda. Yeah, you've got to put the Scandinavian spin on it. I mean, Danish is famously impossible to pronounce, so I think we're going to be getting it wrong regardless. Well, you've made me very self-conscious now, because I was just about to say that the word Lego comes from the Danish phrase... Leggut. I'm going to say leggut, meaning play well, but it also means I put together in Latin. But according to the official Lego website... The founder, a Danish carpenter called Ole Kirk Christensen, was totally yeah. unaware of that connection. So Lego likes to make a big song and dance about this day in particular. In fact, calling it Lego's birthday. So, you know, there's a sort of celebration that takes place today if you're a real Lego enthusiast. But it's important for Lego to uh, celebrate this particular day because they say it's this moment of great significance where they issued this patent. And they say that three men were sitting around in uh, a Lego office in Billund. Godfred Kirk, who's the son of the guy who founded the Lego company, or they, at least he and his dad did it together, uh, his brother, Kyle George, and Axel Thompson, who is the head of the Lego sales office in Germany. And Thompson is telling them, basically, we're, we're getting complaints from our customers because the Lego bricks don't stick together terribly well. And they all then got out pens and paper and started drawing. And Gottfried himself apparently drew uh, this new system that had, if you've ever looked at the back of Lego blocks. They're quite complicated, really. They don't look like what you'd expect them to, but they've got these three tubes. Uh, well, three, depending on the size of the Lego brick, they have a different number of tubes. But those tubes actually allow for the studs on top to make more contact with the brick that's coming at them from above. And it was this particular innovation that Gottfried came up with that then over a couple of days stewed in all their brains and they refined and then they patented this. And that's what they regard as a big breakthrough. Yes, the stud and tube brick was what they patented on this day. But actually, the first plastic injection machine that they bought to pivot from this wooden toy-making company to being a plastic toy-making company had been in 1947. So it had been a long time coming, 11 years they'd been experimenting mm. making plastic bricks. And it was this notion that things fall over unless they have appropriate suction, which led to this patent, which is what makes Lego Lego. But it's a bit more complicated than that because the company mm. version does rather gloss over the fact that self-locking bricks had already been invented by a British man called Hilary Page in 1940 and patented mm -hmm. and presented to the Lego company by a sales rep which they then pirated. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which they tacitly acknowledged by buying the patent in the 1980s. 
yeah, this sort of dark history emerged during a court case against Lego's sort of bargain basement American rivals Tyco. And Lego have actually been locked for, you know, for decades. There hasn't really been a time where they haven't been litigating against some of their many imitators around the world. And in the course of this court case, they were trying to argue that the Lego brick was a protected asset of theirs. But when they looked back at the patent from this day, they realised that what they were patenting was basically an improvement to the existing Lego brick, bringing in these tubes underneath, which vastly improved the suction. However, they had never patented the original self-binding brick because they hadn't invented mm. it. It was invented by this Hillary Fisher Page for his company, Kiddercraft. And what Lego did when they, let's say, borrowed that design was they altered it by one-tenth of a millimetre <laughs> so that it fit a metric measurement rather than the imperial ones that British manufacturers would have been working in. And they slightly changed the shape of the studs. And Lego's official story is that they sought permission from Kiddercraft in the late 50s and it was given. However, in an out-of-court settlement in 1981, they paid £45,000 to the then owners of the company, which had been renamed Hester Kiddercraft. And we don't know, because it was an out-of-court settlement, we don't know what was agreed on as being what actually happened, but Lego did pay out money. It is an astonishingly small amount of money for them to have settled on. That's like a day's taking at Legoland, isn't it? Yeah. If you're coming up against one of the biggest companies in the world, you're going to take any pittance that they're throwing your way because you know that their lawyers outgun yours massively. (laughs) And actually, it's quite interesting because the, the classic Lego brick doesn't enjoy the patent protection that it was given on this day in 1958 because it is a technical patent and that has expired and that has been ruled upon twice Mm. by the European Court of Justice. But Lego, with their lawyers, have found clever ways around this. Either patenting new bricks that are crucial to the kits so you can't really rip them off because you need this particular type of brick to, to create the rival product or appealing to the general court of the european union to overturn rulings when the european union intellectual property office decree their patents to be expired but as you say there are some rival products out there aren't there Mega Bloks is the obvious one mm. i know it doesn't have the suction but it's basically big lego mm-hmm. isn't it <laughs> i don't know much about patent law so i was a bit confused about this whole thing i had no idea that that was how it worked that you can't patent the lego brick in and of itself because it's a technical achievement you can't patent it long term. You have a window of opportunity to exploit it. I think it's like 17 or 18 years or something. But the way that I understand it, it's almost like if you were the first person to invent a flushing toilet, if you then were able to patent a toilet flush forever and ever, your company would be the only one that could ever make a toilet. Right. Mm. Yeah. And in Gottfried was really instrumental in the development of this direction for Lego because his father Ole the original founder he had in, in his era Lego was basically being seen as a sort of hygienic mm. modern plastic mm. version of building blocks you know the traditional building blocks that children have played with since the dawn of time it was Gottfried who had the foresight to see how it could turn into this whole creative universe particularly if the brick had a better and his son and his heirs who still run Lego who realised the opportunity to make it branded. And that's, like, Mm. indisputably the reason why it's still so popular, isn't it? Like, you go into a Lego shop now and it's all Disney, Star Wars, Barbie, Harry Potter, whatever. And I do find that a bit depressing. I I know people love it, don't they? They love to build the Death Star. I must say, I would like to build a Quickie Mart. That would be cool. But, (laughs) I don't know, I feel like... Lego, at the risk of sounding like a 1980s phone-in, I think Lego was better when I was a kid, not just because I was a kid, but because (laughs) it was still based around the idea of building things from blocks and using your imagination. Whereas now there's even this thing about like, oh, don't mix up the blocks from the different sets because you won't be able to rebuild it. Mm. It's like, that's the whole point is to mix up the blocks. 
To be fair, though, like at this point in the 90s when all this started happening, Lego didn't really have much choice. Sales were starting to slump. In 1998, the company posted its first ever losses and the rise of video games was blamed for this slump. Ironically, it's tie-ins with Harry Potter and Star Wars, etc. have themselves generated their own video games. You can get your Lego (laughs) Star Wars, Lego Harry Potter. Even, you know, Lego has its own games as well. I know what you mean about how those tie-ins in a way sort of cheapen the core of what Lego is about. But none of that universe of tie-ins would have been possible if Lego didn't capture imaginations the way it does. And had Lego gone out of business when it had that 1998 moment of reckoning, then we wouldn't have the opportunity to connect contemporary bricks, which very famously are you know, made to the same specifications as they were in the 1960s. So you can connect those to the, yeah, the very, very early bricks. such an bricks. important secret to their success, isn't it? That backwards compatibility... Yes. It's genuinely totally. breathtaking. Like that, that thing of like yeah. finding a Lego brick that belonged to my mum when she was a child and my son, who, by the way, it's his birthday today. Happy birthday, Harvey. Uh, oh, happy birthday. <laughs> appropriately enough on Lego Day. That my son can then connect... We got you a podcast about Lego. <laughs> <laughs> that, my, that my son can then connect to the Lego camper van that he's building. I mean, that is just an astonishing feat of toy engineering. Doesn't it make you think in comparison to the likes of Apple as well? Do you think a company that was founded today would be changing the design mm. of the bricks every few years so you had to keep rebuying right. them? From a plastic waste point of view as well, isn't it interesting? Like Lego is plastic. I know they have an eco version coming out at the moment, but it is plastic, so we're supposed to not want it because it's single-use... But it's so used again and again by generations we've been saying that it isn't single-use. That's what's so clever Mm. about it. Lego has actually set itself uh, a deadline of 2030 to find a more eco-friendly alternative. But that does sound a bit like one of those promises being made by, you know, a a country that's in no way heading towards carbon neutrality. Well, they need eight (laughs) years to find a British company to rip off. (laughs) Next time. Russian potatoes taste slightly different from American potatoes. And so the fries didn't have that quintessential... Love the show? Support the show! Patreon.com slash Retrospectors! Part of the ACAST Creator Network.